Welcome to the Classic City Church Podcast. At C3, we exist to help people pattern their lives after Jesus. This message was first given as part of our teaching series at C3. I didn't think I would be nervous. <laughs> I love reading stories to kiddos, so I'm just going to pretend like y'all are five and I'm going to be fine. <laughs> okay, so Jesus, oh, so we are in Mark chapter 7. We are beginning in verse 24, so you may follow along in your Bibles, on your phone. Is it up on the screen? No? Okay. So Jesus left that place and went to the vicinity of Tyre. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know it, yet he could not keep his presence secret. In fact, as soon as she heard about him, a woman whose little daughter was possessed by an evil spirit came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, born in Syrian Phoenicia. She begged Jesus to drive the demon out of her daughter. First let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to their dogs. Yes, Lord, she replied, but even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. Then he told her, for such a reply, you may go. The demon has left your daughter. She went home and found her child lying on the bed and the demon gone. Then Jesus left the vicinity of Tyre and went through Sidon down to the Sea of Galilee and into the region of the Decapolis. There some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly talk. And they begged him to place his hand on the man. And after he took him aside away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears, and then he spit and touched the man's tongue. And he looked up to heaven and with a deep sigh said to him, Aphetha, which means be opened. At this time the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Thank you, Mary. Today's sermon title is called Spit It Out. Whatever it takes to get people to Jesus. Have you ever tried to keep a secret? Maybe it was a surprise birthday party, a surprise present, uh, maybe a trip that you wanted to bless somebody on, but you wanted it to be a surprise. My wife will tell you I am not a good secret person. Um, I have a hard time with some things, right? Like with keeping some things a secret, right? Like it's just so exciting. Um, there are, there, are, there are some things that just seem to, that you want to keep a low profile on that just seem to get out. Uh, one of the things that um, always seems to spread is like the excitement of a new budding relationship, right? When there's two parties interested, right? And, and there's this thing going on and not everybody knows about it yet, but, but still, we got to talk about it, right? We got we to talk about it, right? We got we to gotta share with one another, you know, and I don't know about you, but I don't need, I don't need to know about Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey, <laughs> 
I, I, you know, like I, I just want to watch football. If, if you haven't heard, you are blessed. Let me tell you that because I feel like everything that I have clicked on on social media or turn on, it's uh, taken away from football and it's talking about Taylor Swift. Now to the point where Taylor Swift is now making the NFL more money, right? But this like new budding relationship, like people are so excited about it, right? How could they keep it low profile? I'm not sure that they wanted to keep it low profile. Maybe it is just to make money. I don't know. Who knows in this world anymore? But right, like, like people love to talk about this. Jesus, people love to talk about Jesus. And in this passage, Jesus is actually trying to keep a low profile. Jesus went up to Gentile territory, not to do ministry, but to keep quiet. But the interesting thing is what our text tells us is in Mark chapter 7, 24, it says, he entered a house and did not know or did not want anyone to know it. So he wanted to keep it low profile. But this is what it says. Yet he could not keep his presence a secret. See, Jesus has been stirring a lot of uh, attention, good and bad. Uh, But the Herodians, the religious leaders, the Pharisees, they don't like the things that Jesus is doing. They don't like the claims that Jesus is making. In our last passage that we read from the first half of chapter 7, Jesus um, stirs trouble with the Pharisees about this ceremonial washing, right? That the disciples aren't washing their hands like they're supposed to, right? Gross. But in this passage, right, he, he goes from unclean ceremonial washing to an unclean people in Gentile territory. And on our map, you can see on the screen, you always love a good map. Maps always kind of show where things are. So Jesus moves from Lake Galilee, and he kind of makes this like little retreat to kind of try to get away from some of the attention that he's causing with the religious leaders, because his time yet has not come for him to die on the cross. So he goes up to this region of the city of, of, of Tyre and then Sidon. This is modern day Lebanon and Syria, as you can kind of see on the map. And so the first miracle happens in Tyre with the the the, um, the little girl who's the mother comes desperately and, and falls at Jesus' feet and there's an impure spirit and Jesus, uh, uh, you know, kicks out that demon. And then he goes up to Sidon. He makes a, a little loop-de-loop and he comes back down uh, to the Decapolis area. area, And that's where our, the second part of our story happens where there's a, a deaf and mute uh, guy and Jesus uh, heals this other Gentile person. First, in our story, we're going to talk about the mother and the child. A Greek mother is desperate for her baby, for her child. We don't know how old the girl is, but the girl is demon-possessed, and the mom just falls at the knees of Jesus, just desperate. She's heard news about Jesus, word is spread, and she knows Jesus can do something. This is the response that Jesus has. First, let the children eat all they want, he told her, for it is not right to take the children's bread and toss it to the dogs. Okay, Jesus, that's a bit strange. What are you talking about here? 
In this culture, women were not allowed to approach and talk to a man, let alone somebody who was a teacher, a religious teacher like Jesus. Jesus was a rabbi. This was a big no-no. A big second no-no is that Jews were not to intermingle with Gentiles. Gentile means anybody who was not a Jew. Uh, Jews were considered unclean people. And they had this nickname of being dogs. Sorry, Gentiles, right? Gentiles were unclean. And that's, yeah, Gentiles were anybody who was not a Jew. And they were called dogs. So the word for dog in the Greek, which they would call them, was kuon, which literally means a dog, a scavenging canine. Uh, Figuratively, it means a spiritual predator who feeds off others. That's pretty, pretty bad, right? But that's not the word that actually Jesus uses in this. So in the text, it says dog, but Jesus uses a different word for dog. He says uh, that she is a kunarian, which is a different word in the Greek, which is more like a household pet or a puppy. So she's not, he's not calling her a scavenging dog. So what Jesus is doing here is he's, he's having a little banter with her. He's, he's taking some down of those, those cultural walls or those, those, those divides in this conversation. And he doesn't call her a scavenging dog. He says, you're a puppy, right? And so what's really interesting about this is that, is that the Israelites, they were called the children of God. So in this passage, when he says, first let the children eat, and then the puppies can have the scraps, right? So he's playing a little bit with her. And, and the thing about Jesus and God's whole purpose was that they were blessed to be a blessing. They, they were supposed to be a people that would spread the news of God and be a light that would draw people to the presence of God. But they were all about themselves. Uh, they didn't do the work and the ministry of God. And so um, they just completely pushed these poor Gentile people away. But this is the amazing response, a very humble response that this lady, this uh, mom says to Jesus. She says, Lord, she replied, even the dogs under the table eat the children's crumbs. See, what she realizes is that she knows that there's more than enough just for the Israelites. She knows that there's more than enough just for the people of God. That Jesus hasn't just come for themselves, but Jesus has come for all people. And just like a master has, right, that a good master even puts crumbs or scraps underneath the table for the dogs to eat. What she's saying is that even a crumb of Jesus would satisfy her needs and heal her daughter. She knows that she just needs to get a little bit of Jesus into her life. And that is enough. There is enough of Jesus for everyone. Jesus is so amazed at her faith and her humility. And, and this is another thing that's just amazing about Jesus. It, that he doesn't even go to the daughter. He just simply speaks and the demon flees. But I think there's four qualities that we can learn from this woman in this text. This mom. Number one is she is humble. She is very humble before Jesus. She is persistent, right? She does not give up on the first thing that Jesus says. She stays there. She waits, right? And she is persistent in her prayer and her, 
in her persistence with Jesus. She is desperate, that she is totally dependent on Jesus. She knows that there's nothing that's gonna be, that's gonna help her daughter other than Jesus. And she is just on her knees before him. And the last thing is, is that she shows great faith through this whole thing, that she takes a risk on Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you're just desperate. Maybe for yourself, maybe it's for your child, or maybe it's for a loved one. Maybe it's for a health condition that you're experiencing or a child experiencing or somebody that you know. Or maybe it's for somebody's uh, spiritual health. Maybe it's a child's faith. I look at these four qualities of the humility, the persistence, the desperation, and the, the faith, the commitment to being faithful. And it reminds me of my parents. Uh, as many of you know, there was a time where I took a sabbatical from God in my life. And uh, my parents showed these four qualities, that they, uh, they, like this woman who was desperate for their child, were desperate uh, for my life. And uh, as my life was going in a complete different direction from God, they faithfully prayed for me every night. Now, I don't know whether they were on their knees or they were lying in bed. I imagine they were just lying in bed. That's what I imagine, like tired, like, my son is exhausting, God, do something, right? But, but they, amen, amen, mom, right? There you go. But they were persistent. They were desperate. They were humble. I mean, I think about this, and it must have been really hard for my parents that here we have my mom and dad were both in Christian ministry. My dad was not only a pastor, but somebody who taught other churches how to do outreach. And yet they, they couldn't reach their own son at that point. How painful that experience might have been. My mom, who's a wonderful um, uh, preschool teacher in a, in a Christian school, um, and both of my parents desperately wanted me to come uh, to, to know the Lord, um, to have a deep relationship with him. And yet they were humble, they were persistent, they were desperate, and they were faithful, not only to me, but to Jesus. How are you like expressing these four qualities in your life? How are these four qualities affecting your everyday walk with Jesus. Because even a crumb of Jesus will satisfy. I encourage you to continue to cry out to Jesus today. Don't give up. You know, something that we've been talking about over the last several weeks is that sometimes we go through an experience in our lives and we don't know why. Sometimes it's painful. Sometimes it is humbling. Sometimes it is just, um, it's just, it grieves us. It brings us to our knees before Jesus. And something that we've been, an ongoing theme that we've been talking about through Mark is that when God allows us to go through something, it doesn't mean that God caused it, but but God allows us to go through it, and, and God is with us in that part, but he shapes our story to a place where we can help speak into other people's lives. That there are just some things in life where you, you cannot have empathy, you cannot have perspective, you just don't know what you don't know unless you've gone through it yourself and you've come out the other side. You know, maybe it's 
cancer. Maybe it's sickness with a child. There are just some terrible things. And our story, when we've gone through and we've come out the other side, we can speak into somebody else's life, that we can comfort somebody, we can put an arm around somebody, we can pray for somebody. And unless you've gone through that, you, you just can't be, like you can't be, you can be there, but you can't be there in the same way because you, you just don't understand what you, you haven't been through. And this is what Paul reminds us in 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 to 4. He says, Praise to be to God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles, so that we comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves received from God. That often our story is somebody else's story. And when you've gone through it and your faith is stronger from the other side, we're able to be there for other people, to love people, to speak Jesus into their life, to speak hope in their situation, even though it might look dire at the time. Jesus can and will use you if you let him. Your story is somebody else's story. In our second story today, Jesus heads um, back down to the Sea of Galilee, but on the, um, the eastern side, which is also Gentile, non-Jewish territory, to the, the, to the Decapolis, which means the Ten Towns area. This is where we saw in uh, chapter 5 and where Jesus ends up again in chapter 7. And this is what we, we're going to pick up at verse 32. It says, There are some people brought to him a man who was deaf and could hardly speak, and they begged Jesus to place his hands on him. After he took him aside, away from the crowd, Jesus put his fingers into the man's ears. Gross. Then he spit and touched the man's tongue. That's different. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will prompt you to do something way outside of your comfort zone. Now, before you go and stick your fingers in somebody's ear or in somebody's mouth or spit on them, I want you to confirm that's really from the Holy Spirit, okay, guys? Like, I think the CDC would not be okay with this. But it seems very strange. But the Holy Spirit heals this person. And this is what our text says in verse 34, that he looked up to heaven, and with a deep sigh, he said to him, Epathatha, which means be open, At this, the man's ears were opened, his tongue was loosened, and he began to speak plainly. That Jesus wasn't doing magic tricks, but he is God. And he simply, as we saw in our last passage, that he simply spoke. And there was healing power through Jesus. That it was like as this man's tongue had been tied up into knots, and that suddenly it was untied, and he could speak again. You know, two things that I I really reflect on, well, one thing I really reflect on in both of these passages is that ministry and mission happen both in intentional times and unintentional times. They happen in planned times, but they also happen in spontaneous times. There are times where we do things like Love DeKalb and where we do uh, Alpha, and that is in the calendar. We've been talking about that for weeks, and I really hope these are really intentional time for us to plant seeds. But every single week that we leave this building and there are opportunities Monday through Saturday to do unintentional time, ministry, and mission 
for Jesus. That every time that we walk out of here, we should be seeing ourselves as a missionary for Jesus. That even though, like Jesus on these, two, on, the, on, these, on these trips, that he wasn't intentionally trying to do anything. But the presence of Jesus could not be kept secret. What is your Christian life like Monday through Saturday? Do, Jesus, do people know that you are a Christian in your workplace? Do they know that you are a follower of Jesus as you go to your favorite restaurant or to the supermarket? Are your words and actions reflecting the image of Jesus to other people? And as you go about your day, if you are open to what the Holy Spirit will do, yes, it might be super uncomfortable, but the Holy Spirit will prompt you to share your faith, to pray for others in need, to comfort other the, uh, those who are hurting, and to help people in need. If you're open to what the Holy Spirit is going to do in your life, Monday through Saturday, it is an opportunity for the mission of God to come to you. This is what it says in verse 36, is that Jesus commanded them not to tell anyone, but the more he did so, the more they kept talking about it. People were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well, they said. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. Is your Christian life a secret? Or are you willing to do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus? I think the challenge for us sometimes is that when we have challenges in our life, we want to withdraw um, and we want to stay quiet about our own faith. Our doubts, our insecurities, our projected kind of self-projected inabilities, or just the inconvenience. Oh, I'm just so busy. Like, oh, I'd love to help that person. I'd love to talk to them. I'm just so busy. I can't, I don't have time to help that person right now. See, all of these things, they, they hold us back from sharing a touch of Jesus with other people. See, but in our passage, Jesus changes two people's lives dramatically, not by a planned mission trip, but a spontaneous moment. Sometimes we bring the mission to other people, but sometimes the mission comes to us. What would it be like if our Monday to Saturdays were this everyday mission trip guided by the Holy Spirit in our lives? In our story, we see Jesus use two very unconventional approaches with two different people and including one that involved spit. Again, don't recommend it. Make sure the Holy Spirit's with you on that one. Now, we're not to spit on people, right? Say it, don't spray it. But we do have to spit out the gospel. We have to get it out there for people to hear about Jesus. What I find interesting is that our society is so eager to gossip and to spread news about Taylor Swift or Coach Prime or whatever it might be in our news, right, of what the Republicans are doing or whatever the Democrats are up to or whatever. We have all of these things, that half-truths, that may be true or may not be truth that we're so eager to share. But yet we have the message of Jesus, the truth. 
And this is what it says about gossip, which I found really, this is the definition of gossip. That gossip is to have a casual or an unconstrained conversation or reports about other people, usually about what is untrue. What if, our, what if we started gossiping a little bit less about what doesn't change people's lives and, and what our society doesn't need more of? And what if we started sharing the message of Jesus more? What if we started having casual or unconstrained conversations about Jesus? What if we were a little more, a little less Kelsey and a little more Christ? Maybe a little less Swift and a little bit more of our Savior. Over 26,000 people in our surrounding area need to hear an unconstrained conversation about Jesus. Your friends, your family, your coworkers, your neighbors. Who are those people that need a touch of Jesus in their lives? Are you willing to spit it out? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to get people to Jesus? Whatever you do, don't keep it to yourself. We hope that this message helps you to grow in a relationship with Jesus. Connect with us at classiccitychurch.org.